Welcome everyone. I'm Sue Barber, author, former IT director for a Fortune 500 company, turn executive coach, and this is the Visibility Factor podcast, where we explore how to raise your visibility and play bigger at work and in life. We'll explore key topics and welcome guests that help you shift your thinking about yourself so you can see new possibilities for your leadership. I'm on a mission to create a visibility movement for leaders to show their value and be seen for their true talent. Are you ready to take the next step towards a higher level of visibility for yourself? Let's go. Hello everyone. This is Sue Barber. Welcome back to the Visibility Factor podcast. Today, we're going to continue on our quest to look at all the different imposter types from the Visibility Factor book. In this episode, we're going to be looking at the fourth type of imposter syndrome, devalued and diminished, which can also be thought of as someone who plays small. I thought it might be helpful to start out with an excerpt from the Visibility Factor book to give you an idea of what this type of imposter syndrome looks like for a client of mine. I'll be sharing the situation and a coaching session with my client named Carol. All the names in the book were changed to protect privacy, so this is not her real name. Carol received feedback from her manager that she and her team had done a great job on the new project Carol had led. She didn't want to make too much of it and said, thanks, it was not a big deal, we were just doing our job. This project took two years to implement, and her team had done it with minimal issues. That is a big deal. But when Carol said it wasn't, she devalued what she and her team had just accomplished. All that hard work they did deserved recognition. Carol was great at execution, but she stayed in the background. When people made comments that she disagreed with, she wouldn't confront them. She struggled to push back with people who had stronger personalities when they called her out in disagreement. She second-guessed herself and assumed they were right. She buried her responses and didn't say a word. Carol knew she could do more, but wasn't sure how to get past this challenge. We talked about ways that she could create more opportunities for herself, but she struggled to implement any of the ideas. I asked her, you put together a list of goals for yourself that required you to be out in front. Do you want to do this? She responded, I hate to be the center of attention. I prefer to stay in the background so I don't get judged. I let that comment sit in silence for a few moments before I replied in a quiet tone. Who would judge you and why? As she recalled previous traumatic experiences, her eyes became sad. I have seen others ridiculed when they have an opinion that conflicts with my management. Carol said, on the other hand, if I do well, then I get teased by my peers. I can't win no matter what I do. I don't want to risk the embarrassment, so I avoid it. I could see that it was hard for her to stand out, and that explained why she preferred to blend in with the group and belong. I decided to go in a different direction when I asked her, who do you want to work with, whom do you admire, and what do they do well? She smiled as she thought about her answer. My friend Debbie is great at this stuff. She sells her stories, gets results, and builds relationships. I have learned a lot from her. I said, I can see that you admire her. What would she say that you do well? She said, Debbie would say that I get results and build relationships too. So it isn't just Debbie who does things well. You do too. What actions could you take to be just 10% more visible when you do those things? A small number of steps still move you in the right direction. We talked about the number of small steps she could take for visibility and how she could prepare herself to respond when there were disagreements or if she was teased by some of her peers. Carol justified why she should be in the background and let others stand out instead. I wanted her to see that others stand out with the same skills that she has and hoped that realization would give her an opportunity to increase what she does out front. She put herself down before others could do it. 
She chose invisibility for herself and for her team. She wanted to be recognized, but she was fearful of standing out and wouldn't accept recognition. Once we talked about the ways that Carol hid, she could see that it also happens in her personal life. Playing small, such as Carol is doing, is defined as someone who operates from fear, low self-worth, and insecurity. They look at things from a scarcity mindset and will settle for less than they deserve. Carol was playing small in all areas of her life, and it was holding her back from the bigger things that she and her team could be doing. This specific type of imposter syndrome hits close to home for me. As I thought about what I wanted to share with you about playing small, I thought back to how I diminished myself and how I let others devalue me in the past. I let stronger personalities be the ones who spoke up in meetings. I've spoke on the podcast before about how I sat in the back of the room, didn't feel like I was qualified to sit at the big table with the senior management group, and I kept my opinions to myself. That didn't help me. I assumed that I didn't know enough and would partner with others that I thought knew more or could help me move forward. I've had multiple opportunities in this role as a coach to have people partner with me for business opportunities. Sometimes we agree, sometimes we don't. And I have to make the tough call about whether to go forward with that. That was something that I didn't used to be able to do in the beginning. Judged myself for mistakes and let them stay with me for longer than I should. I definitely have made my share of mistakes in my corporate role and now in this role. I try not to let those things stay with me like they used to. Didn't stand up for myself when someone didn't value me. If I have clients who aren't interested in paying me the amounts that I'm charging, then we have a conversation about that. Maybe there's a different item or service that I could provide to them that might be more in line with their budget. But that doesn't mean I have to take away what I really want to charge and what I'm worth. Defer to stronger personalities or higher levels in an organization. Probably when I started out, I would have been more what we would call an order taker or someone who is given direction and just takes it and goes without any question. Those questions are important though. And now I want people to learn how to do that, be able to have those higher level conversations with senior management. And so I teach, especially people who are new managers, how to do that. I want them to be able to ask the why questions. Why are we doing this? Why is this important? How could this impact us? Because the sooner they learn how to do that, the more they'll be able to do it later on. I hid from the spotlight to avoid criticism. I self-sabotaged, sat in the back of the room, didn't try for the new positions that I probably could have gotten if I really put my mind to it. But instead, I operated from fear. Minimized the accomplishments that I had instead of celebrating them. I was great at execution and got a lot of work done myself and with my team. Just like Carol, I would say what we accomplished was just part of our job. I minimized the incredible amounts of work that it took to do those projects when I said that, and it wasn't good for my team. I should have taken the opportunity to share more about what we accomplished, and my team deserved to be celebrated. I learned that lesson before I left the company and made sure that we did celebrate those milestones and talk about the big things that we did and have big celebrations after big implementations. Ask for what you think you can get versus what you really want and need. I think I had a story in my head that if I asked for what I really wanted and needed, I wouldn't get it. And so I would ask for half. And then I would get half and realize that I didn't have enough. And then I'd have to go back and ask again. So it really didn't serve me to ask for only half to begin with. That was, again, operating from fear and feeling like I wasn't going to get what I deserved. 
Tanya Geisler, speaker, coach, and host of the podcast Ready Enough, is an imposter syndrome expert. She says, the thing you are afraid of being criticized for is most likely the thing you have not yet accepted about yourself. The thing you are most wanting praise for is the thing you don't feel like you can accept yet. So I'm going to repeat that for you. The thing you are afraid of being criticized for is most likely the thing you have not yet accepted about yourself. The thing you are most wanting praise for is the thing you don't feel like you can accept yet. This quote really resonated with me, and I knew I needed to dig into it at a deeper level. I spent some time to reflect on some key questions. If this would be helpful for you, take out a piece of paper and spend time to answer the following questions for yourself when you have time. How am I diminishing my success and settling in my career and life? How am I letting others devalue me? What haven't I accepted yet about myself and how could I begin to accept it? These are impactful questions to ask yourself. This is truth time and you need to be vulnerable and honest with yourself. Don't let the things that you want in your life come after everyone else's list. It will take time to make shifts to see yourself differently and practice to help you to stand up for yourself. This type of imposter syndrome impacted me more than I realized because it was a personal blind spot. I shared an experience with my coach that I had with a client, and through that conversation, I could see that I had let the other person devalue me, and it had decreased my confidence. Now that I saw how that could happen, I remained aware of it and didn't accept it. I used it as an opportunity to have a different conversation that was empowering for me and brought a better resolution for both of us. Judgment and devaluation work together to stop you from doing what you want to do. That only happens if you let it, though. You get to make another choice and remember what you have already accomplished. It is great to let others see the value you bring, but at this point, it is more important that you see this for yourself. This is your chance to acknowledge your own value and let go of the clutter in your head. If you are being devalued, be brave and bold. Don't just accept it. Act as if. Sometimes it helps to emulate someone else and how they would act to get it started. Identify someone you admire and act as they would until you get more comfortable. This is how you begin to stand up and show that you value yourself. Thank you for joining me today on The Visibility Factor. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and can see how you can move away from diminishing yourself and stop others from devaluing you. Just because someone doesn't see your worth doesn't mean that you don't have value. We all have a responsibility to share our value with others every single day. I wanted to make a quick announcement and share something new with you. The Visibility Factor audiobook has recently been launched. I wanted to make sure that you knew that in case you are someone who likes to listen to books on audio versus reading them in book form. You can find the Visibility Factor audiobook on any of the major audiobook platforms that you may use. Now let's go into the Rise and Shine Visibility Tips. The first one is to be part of a supportive group to help you to eliminate your fears of judgment. Find the people who can be a part of your group and help lift you up with no strings attached. When someone says you have done something great, please believe them. Accept the compliment with, at minimum, a simple thank you. Allow yourself to enjoy the accomplishment and be proud of yourself. Number three, when someone puts you down or criticizes what you have done, understand that those comments are about them, not you. They may be jealous or afraid to take the same risks. It is easier for them to project their fears than face them. You don't need to hide because of what someone else says to you. 
You get to choose what to believe. Don't allow yourself to be devalued. Don't play small to make it more comfortable for them either. Remember those thoughts become true if you let them. Celebrate who you are and the wins along the way. Be comfortable with perfectly imperfect actions. Don't dim your light and give others the chance to take it over. Shine bright regardless of what anyone says. You deserve this. Thanks so much for listening to the Visibility Factor podcast. Remember that visibility starts with small steps that are intentional and consistent each day. Be bold, be visible, be the leader you were meant to be. Find us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Follow us on all of our social media platforms, which are highlighted in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Visibility Factor podcast.